Today, we do the last of the seven uh, lectures on the Parshas HaShavua, on the, in the Shnayim Mikro of the Echad Targum project, and we study together from Shvi until the end of Parshas Yisro. The Rebona Shalolam, God himself, has delivered the Aseras Hadibros, uh, two of them directly to the Jewish people and the other eight through Moshe Rabbeinu. And now the Torah describes the rest of the scene. All the people saw the voices. How do you see a voice? Rashi says it's miraculous. They saw what was normally heard. And what did they see? They saw the sounds going from the Mipihagvura. They saw the signs from Kavayochel, from God Himself. How do you hear? Meaning, not that they heard the sounds of the shofar, they heard the sounds of God talking. In the case of the first two Aseris Adibros, they heard the words. The second Aseris Adibros, they heard the sounds, if not the exact words. The Esalapidim, they saw the torches of fire, the Eskol HaShofar, and the shofar sound. The Esahor Oshain, the smoky mountain, Vayar Ha'om Bayonu. The people saw this and they trembled. Rashi insists that in this context, Vayonu means not they moved, but that they trembled. Vayamdu Meirochok, and they stood at a distance. <coughs> They told to Moshe, you speak to us, we can't tolerate the voice of God lest we die. Moshe said to the people, don't be afraid, this is a scary moment, I understand you're trembling, you're frightened, but all of this is, God is doing this to raise you upwards. Nasos does not mean to test you, like Nisayon, but it means to raise you as a banner, as a flag, to raise you up. So that your fear, the fear of God, should be tangible, palpable upon your faces, so that you not sin. The people stood at a distance, and only Moshe, only Moshe came close to God, came actually to that thick cloud where God's presence actually was. God said to Moshe, tell the Jewish people, you have seen once and for all this revelation, the, the exposure, God's revealing and exposing himself in such a direct way you have seen this yourself with your own eyes. And you might therefore come to all sorts of conclusions. It's like, okay, this was so wonderful, I want to make a little memorial tablet to remember it. I want to make a little mini-god to remind me of this wonderful moment. No, 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 lo sa'asun iti, you should make nothing with me. Rashi says you should make no image of those beings which are with me, no image of angels, no image of keruvim, of cherubs even, no images. And no images at all, not Elohei Chesef, Elohei Zohov, Losa Don't make for yourselves 
gods of silver and gods of gold. And Rashi says, we know we have a mitzvah to make the keruvim, which are human-like looking, childlike angels, which were in the center of the mishkan and facing each other. We'll learn more about them later on. But here we're told they're supposed to be made, they are supposed to be made of, um, of, 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 um, gold. Do not make them of silver. Do not make them of silver. Do not make Elohei Chesef. And do not make more than two of gold. Two of gold, not a third or a fourth. And do not make them anywhere else. You shouldn't have in the shul a kruvim. No, the kruvim are for one place and one place only. They are gold and not silver. They are two and not more. Lo sa'asun iti, Elohei chesef, Elohei zahov, lo sa'asulochem. You want to have a vehicle, a, a physical vehicle, through which to worship me? Mizbeach adomotasali. Make me an earthen mizbeach. Is the mizbeach indeed earthen? After all, the Mizbeach, one Mizbeach was made of wood covered with copper. The other Mizbeach was made of wood covered with gold. What does this mean, an earthen Mizbeach? Rashi gives one of two possibilities. Either your Mizbeach, your altar, should be connected to the earth, or it should be filled. The open in this space should be filled with earth. But earth. Vizavachta olav, olav means here next to it. You should slaughter your sacrifices nearby, next to the Mizbeach. Not upon the Mizbeach. Ein shechita barosh ha-Mizbeach. The shechita takes place off to the side. Vizavachta olav, es alosecho v'yesh lomecho. Your olos, your karbonos, which are totally consumed on the Mizbeach. Ves shlomecho, and your karbonos shlomim, which are partially consumed upon the Mizbeach. Sontcho v'yesh bekorecho. Your karbonos should be made from sheep and from cattle. Bechol ha-makom asher ha-skir ha-shemi avo elecho uverachticho. A difficult difficult phrase. Literally it means wherever I mention my name, that is where I will come to you and give you a blessing. Rashi understands this to mean in every place where I will allow you to mention my name, well, I will cause my name to be mentioned, Azkir Eshemi, well, I will allow you the permission to mention my name, the, the pure, total, Shem HaMeforosh, name of God, in those places, meaning, it, there are certain places in the world where God allows us to mention His ineffable holy name. And in those places, God will dwell, so to speak. And therefore, you cannot recite that name except in that place where the Shechina exists, meaning the Beis Habchir or the Beis Hamikdosh. So that the Hashroas Shechina and the Hashkoras Hashem are interdependent. Where God rests His Shechina, that's where you are permitted to mention his real name, because so to speak, real name. And that place where he allows you to mention his real name, that's the place where God's Shechina will rest. That's why the Kohanim, in the Beis Hamikdash, when they duchened, when they recited the Kohanic, the blessing, the Siyas Kapayim, they were permitted to mention God's name. <clears throat> Literally, it means if 
you make for me an altar of stone? Now, and this, um, Rashi says, what do you mean, if you make for me? Rashi quotes the Mechilta again, Rabbi Shmuel says, this if is not an if, it is when. When you make for me, you are supposed to make for me. When you make for me an altar of stone, lo sivne eshen gozis, do not make it out of carved, hewn stone. Do not make it out of stone which has been shaped and carved and sculpted by axes or knives or saws or whatever. Because if you raise your sword, your metal tool, to carve and to shape and fashion the stones of the altar, you are desecrating the altar. And here Rashi says, if the Mizbeach, which is an inanimate object, but which brings about peace between God and man, which makes a reconciliation between God and man, if that is protected by the Torah and we're told not to harm it, not to raise a sword against it. So imagine a human being who devotes his life to making peace between other people. Hamatil shalom ben ishli ishto, a marriage counselor, someone who tries to bring about peace between a man and his wife. Or ben mishpocha la mishpocha, a family therapist who tries to reconcile family uh, conflicts. Or any person who tries to bring about peace between people. Such a person will also be protected, not only against the sword, but against any kind of punishment. And a special reward for the peacemakers of the of humanity. And finally, when you make a ramp leading, leading up to the altar, it has to be just that, a flat ramp, no steps. Because if it's their steps, the Kawanim did not wear slacks or pants, they wore like a skirt or a gown. And therefore, if they ascend steps, their feet are exposed as they walk up the steps. So therefore, no, have it as a flat plane going up the kevesh, the ramp leading up the Mizbeach, so that one's feet, nakedness, are not exposed. And of course, again, the lesson here is that if a Mizbeach, an altar, which is nothing but uh, minerals, stone, earth, wood, gold, but it's an inanimate object, but still it has to be treated with the proper modesty, with the proper kavod, not with bizayon. You can't just dress any old way there. So certainly in the presence of another person, chaverecha, right, Shrasi, if they're in the presence of another person, who after all is bidmus yotzrecha, who is in the image of your Creator, where you're all in the image of our Creator. Umak pidal bizyono, a person who is sensitive to shame, such a person, therefore we should certainly be modest and properly dressed and clothed and garbed and conduct ourselves bitsnius in the presence of other people. This then has been, these past seven talks have been a basic and simple overview of a very rich and deep Parsha and the Torah. I've tried, as I said out in the beginning, to focus on Rashi and as much as possible on Rashi's pshat, and Rashi's telling us the meaning of the words. I try to stress especially the Targum and what the Targum has to say. And here and there, I shared with you pshat insights, insights at the most basic level of some of the major Meforshim, Ramban, Ibn Ezra, Rashbam, Yosef Bechor Shor, 
Malbim and um, Sforno and others. Thank you so much for listening and a good Shabbos.